Welcome to Father Finney's The Best A Man Can Get. And boy, do we have boys to men tonight who are the best you can get. And no, it's not boys to men, as in Michael, Wanya and Sean. No, no, no. It's better than that. It is Ben and Bren, the Telford and Reekin men. <laughs> Introducing man number one. He is married, mid-30s, salesman of kitchens and bathrooms, a perennial dieter who moonlights as the frontman of a successful ska band. This man is Ben Birdle. <laughs> man number two. Wrongly associated with swinging testicles. He's speechless, he's wordless, he's a guitar technician travelling the world. That man is Brendan Riley. And man number three is a saggy face sourpuss. That is me. Let's go. Hey. Yay. Alrighty. So, what do you want to talk about first, gentlemen? Rabbits in headlights. <laughs> Frostbite? What? Scalded <laughs> toes? Yes. Right, tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you got here. And first, I'm going to go mini, 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 you. Well, I, I, I got here down the A5. Ah, <laughs> that's Ben, that is. Hi. Uh, no, um, we followed the call from your good self. Uh, the light in the sky. The light in the sky, the bat signal himself. Yeah, fat signal. <laughs> no, we follow that. A wobbling belly through the light <laughs> with a torch inside shining through. So, what are you doing at the moment, given that, um, well, guitaring is sort of frowned upon, it's not allowed by government oh, forces? Yeah. Um, all shows have stopped, so I'm mm. home enjoying a bit of family life at the moment, really. Uh -huh. um, I have got a couple of guitars that have started to come back in now, but yeah, I've been, I've been at home catching up with jobs that we've been putting off for years. Right. Really. And like raising his son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a daily challenge. Yeah. Uh, Who are you? Yes. I'm your father. <laughs> so how many children do we have between us then? Not as a group or a collective party, I may add. That we're, we're admitting to, four. Yeah. Right, four, five. Two, oh, five, five, yeah, five, yeah. Two. Well, stepdaughter, one and a half. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. We've gone far since we escaped the college. Yeah. To the, right. like I say, it was more like an asylum, that place. It was an it asylum, was, yeah. wasn't it? Did it help in any way in your career? I think so. Yeah? I think so. Yeah. I'd like to think so as well. Yeah. Okay. So as a frontman to a ska band, Ben? Yes. What do you think is a, a great thing to be doing at a man as, as a man of your age, on the stage, what does it give you? Uh, to be fair, obviously, working as a salesman, you don't really get that buzz that you get from performing that, you know, literally... We all went to the same college. We all have a joy of getting up, making prats of ourselves in front of people. Amen. And, and then getting <laughs> and then getting clapped at. You know, that's that's what we do it for. And you, yeah. you don't get clapped at for selling a bathroom no matter how good that <laughs> bathroom is. Nobody gives you a round of applause and says, What a great job. When you fuck one up, however. <laughs> <laughs> Rotten fruit thrown at you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, sorry. It, it's it's literally it, it's the greatest feeling in the world. I mean, just giving other people enjoyment. Yeah, you, know, you, you just buzz off it. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. Do you think people should be clapped in the work environment? I know, like you got those weird sales things where everyone stands up and goes, "Yay!" Ring the bell. But do you think you should get a round of applause if you do something? No. That, that, round of applause is, is is strong, but you know, a well done or a pray, a, yeah, a, a praise. Yeah. Back or yeah. yeah. You can't give a employee a pay rise every day but you can give them a thank you for doing a good job yeah 
Cool. Yeah, Be right. sure there's a yeah. way more smoother way of working. <laughs> just, just Google it. <laughs> Wikipedia. Well, Google that, all ideas. You, you, I, I, the biggest thing for me is, you know, people do their jobs better if you're appreciated for doing it. You know, yeah. people are quick enough to come down on you when you've made a mistake, but that's it. They're not quick enough to say, "Well done on a good job." Yeah. And I think a lot of people need that. Yeah. Even if you know yourself you're doing a good job, it's nice to hear it from somebody else occasionally. Yeah, well it's good for your self esteem, you know, and like it's it gives you a bit more job satisfaction as well, I think. Mm. So does performing is that do you think a, a fast not a fast way because you have to practice and learn a shitload of stuff. But is it a great way <laughs> to get some gratification? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it can I be. I picked up this guitar and suddenly yes. here I am. <laughs> I'm a drummer in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, how long does it take you to learn a skill like singing? You can a guitarist. My associate, because I don't know that much about performing. But if I look at a guitarist, I'm like. He's had to work hard. He's had to like really learn that stuff. And then you look at the singer. Oh, well, that's uh, anyway. Yeah, but do. singing comes from within. See, anyone can learn to play an instrument mm-hmm. generally, but singing's a physical thing, you know, right. and it's it's from within. So singing's, in essence, harder than learning the guitar. Because mm-hmm. if you can't hear, you can see and you can hear your mistakes on a guitar, but if you can't see and hear your mistakes singing, You've you do karaoke at weekends. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. we used yeah. to run a, I used to run a karaoke at an Irish pub. Oh my god. And confidence is key <laughs> when it comes to karaoke. Honestly. Oh, Doesn't yes. matter if you've got any talent. If somebody's and a told white you dinner jacket you're goes gonna, down well as well. Oh amazing. for the Neil Diamond ones. Yes. But honestly, some of the sites, people if they've been told they can sing believe it wholeheartedly blindly amazingly just go on it and and to be fair there's nothing wrong with that absolutely if you feel that that's your get up and go do it if it's going to give you (laughs) the drive to do it that's your calling but don't force it on people you know what i mean well some people don't like the attention on them and that you know that's fine and that's why not everybody's the film star or a rock star or you know, selling kick-ass kitchens, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but not every, yeah, not everybody likes that attention. So they become it drummers. Shouldn't, it shouldn't be, yeah. <laughs> Hide at the back. <laughs> and hit shit really hard. <laughs> drummers should be heard and not seen. <laughs> Do you think then as a subject, cause it's, I'm, as I got older, <clears throat> Well, I think generally there's a sort of an idea that you shouldn't get into music as you get older because you ain't going to make it. There's no chance. You've got to be young and whatnot. But do you think it's actually a positive thing to do to get into, even at a later age? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I didn't start playing in bands until I was 23. I was a dad before I was a musician, effectively. We'd messed about and done bits at college and done bits in, in bands and stuff. It wasn't until... My daughter arrived. I mean, in fairness, we'd started the band before my daughter, but our bass player became really poorly and we didn't start gigging. But I was a dad before I started gigging for money and going out and doing all that stuff. So it's never too late. I mean, there's, there's things there's things going on at the minute in, in music especially. The, there's something called The Rock Project mm-hmm. that basically... Yeah. You can turn up, never I having t- played. I used to teach at the one in Shrewsbury. Really? Yeah, yeah. So you, you can literally turn up, not having played a note of anything in your life, 
and they will teach you how to play this instrument and put bands together with the people that turn up to these rock project uh, groups and then they put gigs on wow. and yeah. but you can do that there's no age limit i mean <clears throat> the majority of them are middle-aged blokes picking up a guitar you know who've been some into of the, yeah, sabbath all their life or you know been listening to like heavy metal and they want to have a go wow yeah. well some of them have had a guitar knocking around for years and they're like you know all i used them. to play when i was a kid and then i haven't really done much and then they'll come along and three weeks down the line they're sort of you know they're one of our hardcore students who really really enjoy it wow and it's and it's great watching I mean, it's great watching, the, you know, the kids, you know, learn and sort of take stuff from it and watching them improve every week. And, and so, you know, you, you get that sort of teacher-student thing on a proper level. But when you're teaching, particularly for me, I found it when I was teaching people that were older than me and seeing them get the satisfaction out of playing and sort of going away, coming back the next week and learning everything that we taught them the week before... That was like a whole other level of inspiration yeah. for me as well. Not only as a teacher, but as a as a player as well. Wow, I never knew this existed. So is this like a yeah. website people go it's, to? Or? Yeah, well, there's there's um, there's the, the regional um, schools throughout the country. Um, so there's 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 two classes in Shrewsbury. I know that there's one in Telford as well, and there's Cat obviously in beyond the shop store next to the smash rooms. Yeah. Um, <coughs> next to the what? Smash Reeves Rehearsal Studios. Oh, we, okay. We yeah. Here. Um, but yeah, you just go on the website, therockproject.com, I think it is. Wow. And, and um, sign up. Just sign up. Find your, find your nearest school. My daughter's got a pink sign guitar up upstairs. And... I'll, I'll take that. It's yeah, only three quarter, it, yeah. but it should be all right, shouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I've got short fingers. You'll find well, a lot of these blokes, they won't have to live their lives through their kids anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They've got these guitars because they bought their teenage sons a guitar. Yeah. And the son's... Never asked to live. Uh, yeah. I, I know because I was one of those children. <laughs> I got bought a black strap. My dad goes, you'll want to play that. And you know, after playing Smoke on the Water and stuff, it lived and gathered dust in the back of the room. <laughs> and, and that's why I'm a singer. My dad got me a lady's bicycle. Never bothered learning to ride that one. <laughs> had a lovely white saddle as well. It would have, if I'd have had a nice flowing dress, it would have been a nice thing to use. But... Thanks, Thanks oh. Thank God this is an audio podcast. Only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the images are there. Burned into my mind. Straw hat. Yeah. Long nice. flowing blonde locks. I would have Strawberries had. and cream. Mm. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> talking well, about stra <laughs> strawberries and cream. Now, um, I noticed uh, it was yourself, Ben. You said something in regards to the subject of uh, reactions to food and being like hyperactive mm -hmm. but you mentioned something about thankfully it was a, a time where you had it before people started diagnosing and labeling mm. do you think if you'd have had it later say if you'd arrived on this planet later by whatever means it was mm -hmm. <clears throat> if you'd have been uh, i was gonna use the word sedated but that wouldn't be the right word <laughs> treated do you yeah. think you'd have had the aspiration that you have now uh, I, 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 I wouldn't like to say, honestly, because I don't know mm. how I'd react to medication or, or whatnot, depending on if that's what I needed. I mean, my allergy was, I was allergic to dairy products that basically turned me into a hyperactive monster, <laughs> effectively. And I, I was allergic to milk for the first 14 years of my life. So things like eating chocolate, 
um, you know, eating eggs. I was allergic to eggs as well, milk. All of that was out. Um, and they found out at 18 months old after I hadn't slept for 18 months <laughs> climbing the walls. Um, and then like li- literally... A, like he's had a shot of Red Bull. Precisely. I was wow. like a Tasmanian devil. There's pictures of me that day. I look like a heroin addict. <laughs> a, a, an 18-month-old heroin addict. No hair. Big, puffy eyes. Um, and then they, they realised that that's what it was. Put me on a... I put me on a... Uh, right, okay, you, you can't drink fluids yeah. so this was like the mid 80s so my parents in their infinite wisdom god bless them um, said right okay we'll give him lemonade <laughs> and that, that we'll put it in the, we'll put it in the microwave and we'll warm it but this it's is like a syrup this it's is really hot pre pre sugar-free drinks <laughs> sugar so, my, so my first teeth <laughs> came through rotten because wow. I was drinking from a bottle. Really? And with uh, one of the side effects of hyperactivity is an unquenchable thirst. Yeah. So literally, I just drank bottle after bottle after bottle. <laughs> they, they, they gave up with nappies That's after amazing. a while. And just <laughs> literally just pinned towels on. on. <laughs> <laughs> they just pinned me with towels on. And then they just sodden. <laughs> but that literally, it was something I, I grew out of. But, but this is, I, I don't like to self-diagnose or anything. So I won't say, yeah. you know, it, it was this or it was that. Mm. But I definitely think... If I'd have been born later, mm. um, you know, early nineties or whatnot, because I know people who are very similar in their behavioural patterns and, and stuff, but have been diagnosed as such and such, and I think yeah. oh, actually, it's probably just that's matter. probably what that was. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I've, I've never been to the doctor. I'm, I'm able to control it in as much as I'm not prone to violent mood swings anymore. Right, and I can eat chocolate. Well, I, don't, I don't eat a lot of it. It's never, never really got my fancy, but cheese. Oh, cheese. Yeah, you, oh, I can yeah. eat cheese now. But can you imagine not eating a, a piece of cheese until you were 14 and then discovering cheese? Oh, God. Like discovering a whole other level of food group. Consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> All that bacteria. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is <It's> like... Stilton. <laughs> Ironically, in my puberty stage, I discovered cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the two are linked. Yes. Right. Well, that that's just incredible. Wow. Have you got any um, allergies you'd like to talk to the group about? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. No, nothing. Nothing as uh, impressive as as that. What as about that on your tours? The things yeah. you've seen when people have because you've worked with a few big bands on world tours. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Any concoctions that you would not recommend people taking or you've witnessed people do things that have had a very adverse or negative reaction? Um, just loads of alcohol, really. It's <laughs> always alcohol related, yeah. generally. I mean, I'm quite lucky that the bands that I worked with aren't sort of, you know, massively into the whole sort of the drug side of it or, you know, that cliched sex, drugs, rock and roll and any of that. Um, well, the, well, the bands that I work for, they've been there and done that. And they're, you know, they're older bands, so they've been there and done that. You yeah. know, obviously long before I was around with them. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously alcohol still, you know, is still a big key factor, and it's a very boozy culture. So there's always, you know, there's always free booze and there's always stuff knocking around like that. So it's generally drink related, yeah. you know, and it's either, you know, just stupid daft behaviour. And a lot of it more so is probably not necessarily the band members, but other people okay. around, you know. Do you think like many men's problems with alcohol is a peer pressure thing as opposed to them actually wanting a drink? Um, Yeah, I think it could be. Yeah. Um, 
How do you fix that on the road? Because it must be like, if you're in like a little isolated world, how do you keep saying well, to, no? Well, to be honest, that when you particularly if it's like a bus tour and you're all living on a bus, it's it's everybody's very has to be very respectful of each other's personal space. And you think, you know, it's not a normal situation to be living on a metal tube with wheels, <laughs> you know, for eight, nine weeks of, of any one time. Yeah. So you, you, you have sort of unspoken rules, you know, like, so you don't sort Fart. of, you don't mess with other people's bunks. You don't shit in the toilet on the bus, you, you know. And, their shoes. Well, yeah, it's, <laughs> and, and it's just things that when you, when you, because sleep deprivation is a big factor mm. you know being all the time the zones i think yeah time zones but particularly sleep you know it's long days it's it's long drives and it's you know you, you do the show and you get back on the bus and it's before you know it's three or four o'clock in the morning and then it's like yeah. right we're gonna go to sleep and then you're waking up at sort of anything between nine o'clock and midday to load in for a show so you know, lack of sleep is is a big issue, and um, obviously the more tired people get over the course of a tour, the more naggy and the more groggy people get. So sort of being respectful of other people's you know personal space and and sort of taking that into consideration when you're out on the road is a big key factor. So it's it's not as the the big raucous rock and roll sort of thing as people mm. would assume or imagine it to be. It's very much sort of it's a way of making, you know, things work as yeah. best as you possibly can. And I see these big bands like The Who and what I'm thinking, how the hell did they carry that on for like year after year after year? I know, yeah. Well, they didn't. John Entwistle's dead. <laughs> Keith Moon died right at the beginning. But it's only the other two boys that are not carrying the flag. But yeah, yeah. You can guarantee it's because they quit taking all that yeah. shit and drinking to excess a long time ago. You know, well, it was one of them who said, um, I think it was Pete Townsend saying that he can't do two consecutive days in a studio anymore because of his ears mm. and he gets yeah. tinnitus and he's, if he does one day in a studio, he just has a full on day of his ears ringing. So he has to let his ears rest in between. Wow. So it, it's, it kind of <clears> gets to a point where for some people it's, it's like, well, we've got to change the way we do this in order to keep doing it. Otherwise, you know, the end of the road becomes very apparent yeah. very quickly. Do you see that in your job, like <clears throat> middle-aged men or of that age sort of falling apart quite easily or snapping, as it were? Um, there's, a, there's a big... Um, there was a big drive not so long ago about um, mental health on the road. And you kind of sort of... And I've spoken to a few people about this. Um, we've all sort of, had, I've had the same sort of conversation with a lot of people where you think you're out on the road, you get things done for you, you know, you get your food cooked, you get, you, you know, hotels, you can get room service or anything, you know, you can get a beer or a drink or a piece of food or whatever, at whatever time of day you want. And then you come home and two days later you're queuing up in the supermarket to buy your own food and you're like what am i doing here do you know <laughs> yeah, what i mean yeah. and it's it's a constant to me particularly for me i find it's a constant it's a constant process of readjusting mm. you know when i'm out on the road it's you know it's one lifestyle with like that and then when i get home it's readjusting to a normal lifestyle but it's also trying to fit in and i do this very badly with fitting in with 
what the family's doing at home because obviously they have a routine when I'm away and then I come in and just like, right, I'm home now and just destroy all their routine and everything. <laughs> Let's go out. Yeah. It's 11 o'clock know, at night. Yeah, and it just like destroys all their routine and everything. Or, you know, then it it's like, well, I have to try and fit back into what's going on in home life. And I do, I struggle with that a lot. Hmm. Um, My dad struggled with that because he worked away. He works in Saudi Arabia. So he was like, Away nine weeks and then home two weeks. Right. If you've I hated him because there's this like this guy just comes around and starts ordering me around. It's like who the fuck are you? Just I, shut up, man. Yeah. I had exactly the same. Dad worked away. Yeah. And he, when they leave, it's like you're the man of the house now. Yeah. And then when they come back, it's just you're just a little away. boy again. And <laughs> yeah. then you're like, uh, okay. And, and of course, you, you start growing up and you start hitting these milestones as an adult or a young adult, and he's not there and then yeah. he's there again it's you're at constant loggerheads yeah um yeah it was something that was it was hard to to get to yeah. grips with when he came home yeah yeah i wasn't a fan of the homecoming weird it's very very weird you were initially i suppose I, I i was excited to see him when he came home and then it was like novelty's worn off go back <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah your case is packed dad i've done it all for you <laughs> do you want a hand at the airport you're only two son yeah i can carry it for you don't worry i'll drag that along oh i'm gonna bear that in mind now in future <laughs> <laughs> um so the, the nature of routine is that because men have i say i think everyone has a routine but men are a particular um we're not very good at maintaining a routine, I don't think. Organisation out the window. Yeah. Why, why is the, why why are we afflicted with inability? Because we're we're the guys that can organise objects. We're fascinated with objects and stuff. Yeah. Why can't we organise us? Because I I've never I'm never. The day I have my child at home and I take it to school, it's chaos. It's, there's it's always a constant cope. When she's with her mum, everything's a smooth running machine. Because it's regimented into them. These the, the mums. Hats off I don't know, I'm quite regimental, probably a lot more regimental at home than... I bet you have like the knife and foot, everything laid out, like you have your tools, your guitar work. Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. Oh. And I, I, it drives Sarah mad because she's more sort of like the artistic, you know, just however, whatever kind of way. Not yeah. saying that the house is complete disaster zone when I'm away. But when I come home, it's like everything in its place and all that kind of thing. But then again, that goes back into readjusting and it's like well we've been doing fine yeah without <laughs> sitting down to nato dinner and stuff you know yeah. <laughs> without my wife my, my kids would be feral <laughs> i was saying to bren on the way over during the furlough period during lockdown yeah my uh, my wife homeschooled the kids as best she could yes um but my kids were very clever they they worked out that when mommy and daddy had had a drink the chances of homeschooling diminished greatly. Of course. So, of course. Beer for breakfast. Beer, beer. Yeah. <laughs> 11 o'clock, they've just done their mass. Daddy, would you like a beer? Oh, yes, that'd be nice. And then, <laughs> and then literally turned around and went, well, we've worked it out. So if you've had a beer, we don't do school. <laughs> <laughs> Bright kids. Yeah. yeah. I'll go farming. Pass. <laughs> but, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> they got straight A's last term. <laughs> Furlough term. It was like, hey. <laughs> Do you think you guys have hit or are getting near the midlife crisis? Have you gone through it? Um, have you bought a sports car or got a secret motorbike hidden in a shed somewhere? I haven't, no. Huh? No. He's lying. 
I think <laughs> no, I, I think my midlife crisis would probably be to grow my hair long again and buy an array of guitars or oh, something crazy yeah. like that. Like Brian, Brian May looks like now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I definitely hit the midlife crisis. And I, th I think it's ultimately linked to when you become a parent. As daft as it sounds, I was a dad at 23. Hmm. And in, in my very first long-term relationship, and we hit a rough patch last year we've been married four years well three three years at the time and we hit a rough patch and i bolted and thought i need out of this and moved back in with my mum and dad and, and and thought right this is this is what i want i'm not in love anymore um and then soon realized that i didn't want to be the people kept saying to you they keep saying the grass is always isn't always greener and i didn't leave her for another woman there was none of that it was just a case of I needed to get out for me mm. and ever since we were together we were parents and you're always making your decisions for other people and it, I just felt I needed to make this decision for me and I needed to get the hell out of it and I need to and then I soon realized that that's not what I wanted and we we'd had a, a, a trip booked to New York in October so we, we split up in the July I said we split up I left in the July um, and we'd got this trip booked to New York for our anniversary and it was all like, no, I'm not taking her with her. I'm not, you know, I'll look into ways of sort of like, getting other people and, and all the rest of it. We ended up going to New York with a massive question mark. Like, mm. What the hell is going to happen? We, could this be the trip from hell? Yeah. You know, make or break. And it, it literally was, she went with it being make or break for her. And I went, it's, paid for it so i'm going to new york <laughs> that's a male <laughs> yeah and literally we fell in love again it was the first time we've ever spent any sort of prolonged oh because you're on your own as in the world yeah we didn't ah, take the kids so yeah, it was right. like the proper us and it was the first time ever in our entire relationship that we'd not been parents we'd been mm. husband and just wife two, and just, just two the two of us together, and we yeah. had that time and and we literally fell in love. I know it's a cliche, but we fell in love all over again in New York. And I came back and before Christmas, we'd moved back in and reconciled. And it's still tough, you know, between us. You know, there's still the, we left and, you know, there's still, all, yeah, yeah. I, I've explained why I left and all the, you know, things get banded about. But I'm happier than I've been in a long time. She's happier than, you know, just. Since October, have you actually had another time where it's just you two? Um, no, because obviously furlough kicked in and, right. you know, we literally couldn't escape the dreaded COVID. Hmm. But the flip side of that is I haven't been able to gig. So I'm not spending three weekends yeah. uh, a week out gigging. A lot of our arguments were based on how selfish I was because I'd up and leave if it was gigging hmm. the other side of the country. You'd up and leave at two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, yeah, and you wouldn't come home until five o'clock on the Sunday morning, usually with a skimful, mm. and you forget because you're out doing this thing that Tony's at home, mom's at home, raising your kids for you, yeah, and that becomes a bone of contention. Do you pro do you like push Tony to go and do something in her own time? You find that yes, you 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 can push all you want, mm. but they will only do it if they want to do it. You know, you can't. And then that becomes it. Well, go out and do something. And yeah. then they're like, no, because you're telling me to. And it, it becomes, ah, yeah. you know, it, 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 it's tough in that regard. Um, but. Yeah, it's not like the same principle as you going out and doing a gig. You're going mm. out and doing a gig, A, because you want to. Mm. B, because obviously it brings a little bit of money in as yeah. well. 
Whereas then you then forcing it on to them and saying, well, you go out and do something or you go out this weekend with your mates. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm only going out because you've told me to yeah. kind of thing. And it always boils down to, well, I can't because you've got a gig booked. Yeah. Or, you know, every time I plan something, something else comes along. And, and it's only when you take a step back and, and realise, have we been as good this year? Mm. And not each other's throats as much because... I'm at home. Yeah. I'm at home every night of the week. I'm not out. We haven't got that added strain on our relationship where I'm out gigging every day of the weekend. So. Yeah. Mm. But you well, don't know until it comes back again. You don't right, know. Yeah. That's it, yeah. But it, it's it's important to have, you know, couple time. Mm. You know, I mean, with the greatest will in the world, your kids will drive you mad. <laughs> at some point yeah you know my little boy's ace he's great but god there's times where i can just feel the despair kicking in and sarah feels the same as well he basically our lives revolve around the kids yeah but there's times where we and we've we've gone out and we've had date nights together not as much as we'd like to um but and it's certainly it's certainly good for the relationship mm -hmm. absolutely cool. so yeah I, I would wholeheartedly recommend you know it's great to it's great to you know look after your kids and be a fantastic parent and that but don't be afraid to make time for yourselves as well as individuals and as a couple yeah be in a relationship yeah the, that's the biggest thing enjoy your relationship you're not just parents it's easy to lose yourself in that isn't it it's easy yeah. to, to categorize yourself you know Sarah and Brendan Mm. Barnaby's mum and dad or Ben and Tony the girl's mum and dad yeah and not Ben the man Tony the woman mm. Ben and Tony the couple you know yeah. it, it, it never it never you, you've <laughs> got to make that time and that, that's when you realise I mean we, one of the biggest things we said to each other when we got back communication because we'd stop talking to each other and if something pissed us off mm. you'd bottle it up and you'd bottle it up yeah and, you'd and that's, it up and that's, and my, and that's my that's always my problem and Sarah will Sarah will tell you that that's that's always my problem is, and I think it is a it's it is a guy thing, isn't it? You know, you mm. you don't say certain things all the time, and then all of a sudden it comes out in a, in like a, always a wrong massive well. rage, <laughs> and then you're just like, I'm sorry, what the fuck have I just done? Tell me the other way around. I'd rather talk something like though. something, and it's something as could be something as trivial as I don't know. Washing day, laundry. Yeah. You put a yeah, long yeah, sock yeah. in something. Yeah, yeah. It could, well, anything. Yeah. <laughs> you shrunk my favourite band T-shirt, man. <laughs> now you've put on weight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you say that about the uh, the struggling. Uh, personally, uh, men do a lot, do it very well, probably compared to women. Um, I don't know whether it's because women talk more. Uh, men are very good at struggling in silence. If that's a good thing to be good at. Mm. Um, mm. Do you see other men struggling in other areas of life? Like, is gambling? I personally have seen it growing more and more year by year, more and more gambling. Do you think in like ten years' time we're going to be like a mini fucking Vegas in this area where everyone's just? Um, well, I, I see because I'm away so much with work that when I am home, it's family time. So I don't mm. do the whole sort of I'm going out to the pub with my mates kind of thing. And maybe to a degree, probably haven't done enough of that either you know it's like I'm, I'm either away working or i'm home 
with the family so i don't really go out to pubs and stuff so i'm a little bit sort of blinkered into the whole i never really got gambling and fruit machines anyway i've never mm. been i've never been into them i've never never bothered to figure them out or anything so i kind of don't see it and because i'm not aware i'm not around it and i'm yeah. not sort of looking for it so i don't really see it you don't watch football though do you I love football. Yeah. I mean, I, I see it on the football, you know, like Paddy Power and, you know, Bet360 and all the rest of it. And others. It is. <laughs> yeah, and all the rest <laughs> of it. the betting shops are uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't really, I mean, because of the way I am with it, I don't pay attention to it, you know, and I, I literally just watch football just for watching football, you know, and yeah. I'm sort of. A, and it, there's, there's, that spills over into other aspects of life as well, where I'm very blinkered and, you know, if I'm not, either if I'm not interested in something or if I'm not, you know, if I'm not sort of taken an interest in it in any form, then it kind of just sort it of passes exist, me by. Yeah, yeah, it kind of, yeah, it kind of passes me by. And like trouble, trouble, trouble with that, though. A lot of people do that with the news. A lot of people do that with current affairs and yeah, they've just yeah. got their head so far up their ass. They don't see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I was uh, the reason I brought up on the gambling. I hardly ever watch TV, and I went to a friend's house on Saturday, and he had the TV on in the background. It was like one in the morning, and it was like a random channel. It was like Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares, and yeah. even at half one in the morning on a program like that, every three adverts was gambling, gambling. Yeah. I'm like. What the fuck? Well, after about three o'clock on the same channels, the what used to be somebody trying to sell you a mop <laughs> from America yeah. is now somebody with a roulette wheel that you can Jesus. text in and, and, and bet on black and red and stuff. And they're, they're doing it li live. God. Honestly, I think the invention of the smartphone was the biggest mm. influence on people being able to bet. I mean, you can bet your wife and kids in your house on your phone in two minutes and lose <laughs> a lot. You know what I mean? You, you, you bet on a, a you know Wayne Rooney to score. The yeah, but it came score. with a free ten pound bet. But, but exactly, but then they'd <laughs> knock in the door, <laughs> confiscate your dog. <laughs> We've come to repossess your dog. It's only a ten pound bet. Yeah, <laughs> now it's ten grand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It is a scary, scary world, isn't it? It is, do you, yeah. Do you think the smartphone... Because one thing that gets my goat, as you guys are both in bands, when I'm at a concert, all I can fucking see is smartphones everywhere. I, think, yeah, I can't, can't see the band. It. Can't stand it. As a, and That's both in the role I do at work, being on stage and dealing with bands, but also as a punter as well. Mm. I can't... I'd rather just... So maybe it's just because I'm a bit more old school. Mm. You know, I think it's disrespectful. I, yeah, it, and it's it's off putting to other people around as well. I'd rather just watch the show and yeah. be in the moment of the show rather than watching the show I'm at through the <laughs> screen in my hand. Yeah, you know, because everybody you use your phone so much mm. in every you know everyday life, and then you know you go into a show or you go into a gig or the theatre or whatever to switch off and unwind and you mm. know sort of take you out of the daily grind of life and you've got that device that you've been you know your emails with work or you know uploads for various bits and pieces and then you go into a show for recreation time and you've still got the same device in your hand using it to film what's going on but that's yeah. more it look at me look at what i'm doing because it's not a case of saving that as a memory because you yeah know, they, 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 it's literally so they can upload it to instagram while they're there so all their friends can send them likes it's and say tokens. yeah exactly yeah. that and, and that's that's the problem it's not to do with you know 
recording the show. I mean, for a start, you don't sit there it used to be you're... illegal to record shows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it probably still is. Do you think you could get around as a band if you had... No, no legal disclaimer here. If you had a dancing child, right? Because, like, in a school, you can't take pictures of kids. <laughs> yeah. So if you had a dancing child on the stage, they would not be allowed to film it. They'd have to keep their phones in their pockets. Yeah. I mean, you're everybody, somebody's child, so they got to okay. write for my parents' <laughs> like consent to post it on Instagram. Yeah. No, I just find it, like, even when bands or artists are trying to be intimate and you just see, like, a thousand of these little LED screens... Yeah. And people are looking at us like, is it's your life so don't, fake? People don't smoke anymore. It, oh, it's yeah. only like wood stuff. Something to you know, do with do, your do, hands, isn't do, it? Well, no, it was a the whole show is your yeah, yeah. Back yeah. in the early 90s, you know, whatever. They yeah. haven't got that. People don't smoke. We're more health conscious. That I can get, yeah. yeah. And yeah. obviously you can't yeah. smoke in it, venues You can't smoke as well, in venues yeah. as well. So literally that's become, yeah. when you see a lot of the lights, that's what that's become. I see that. Obviously, I see that a lot. And I get that. And I like that. You know, and bands encourage that, you know, get your torches yeah. on and your lights on and everything. Because it's literally like, get your lighters out. It is, yeah. yeah. And when and when you're, and like if I see it from the side of the stage, you know, and I look out and see like a festival field full of people with the lights up it's in the air. For the band and the crew, it's, it is a sight to behold. It really is. And it does sort of up the, the ante of the show a bit because it sort of feels like you're all on a level, you yeah. know. You know, but particularly band and audience. Um, so I get it, and I understand that, and I think that's great side of it. But the whole recording and the show is the side that I don't like. Yeah, it's where you draw the line, though. It's like some people were saying, was it a um, vampire, the Hollywood vampires gig, where they, oh, they, right. they would make you put your phone in a plastic bag at the beginning of the really? gig? Really, there was wow. some somebody who trialing it. I can't remember. It was quite a big band. I can't remember who it was. But literally, you're not allowed in the gig with your smartphone. You'd literally put it into a plastic bag, Ziploc bag, yeah. and then that would go into a locker that you would claim at the end of the gig, and you weren't allowed into the gig unless you did. Wow. I, I can't remember who it was. It might have been, been big Coldplay. It was one yeah. of those sorts of bands. That the, the, they've got the inner... Stadium the, size. Yeah, that sort of thing. But literally, you weren't it. allowed in yeah. with your smartphone. I, so. think it's a, I think it's a good idea, and I think... More particularly, not so much bands as such, but venues should implicate that mm. on a yeah. more. I read a, a weird statistic that I didn't even realise this that it's claimed that you know the smoking, like banning advertising of smoking, has caused cigarette smoking to go down. But actually, somebody pointed out the year smartphones became prevalent and 3G went live, that's when smoking went down. And the smoking yeah. addiction in the young people has been replaced by mobile phone addiction. So teenagers are addicted yeah, straight yeah. to the phone as opposed yeah. to cigarettes. Oh smoking. yeah, it's definitely yeah. a it's definitely an addiction, and I think we've it seen it with the, the the quitting of smoking in the pubs as well. Yeah, yeah, So what's going to happen in the future then when your children get phones? How are you going to manage that? Because I find it hell. It's not, it's, not, yeah. it's not the future. The future's here, man. My girls, nine-year-old twins who just turned nine last week, and they've had a phone for their birthday. Oh my god! So literally, and it, you know, we we've they got matching them. numbers. Well, not matching, but like one digit separate. Possibly, I don't know. Oh, cool, I, think, I think I've got them saved in my phone somewhere. <laughs> literally, the worst thing that you can ever do: don't do it because they just download WhatsApp, and all of a sudden oh. you're getting. I'm sat at work, and it's going ping, 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 ping. It's just. <laughs> Hi, Dad. And then they're having conversations with themselves in the group chat. It's like, <laughs> what? Well, I've seen it with my stepdaughter. I mean, she's 21 now. Um, but, I mean, she's had a phone for the, sort of the last 10 years or so. 
and sort of seeing her grow with this, basically with this phone in her hands. You yeah, know, yeah. me and Sarah sat there and said it with young people, it is an addiction. Mm. And um, like it's the end of the world if the battery dies or they've got no signal or, you know, yeah. any, any kind of technical hitch with it. And, um, but it, it, we've, we've seen like, you know, kids have been sort of like messaging each other on the way to school. And obviously we saw it with my stepdaughter when she was at school and at college, um, they message each other and are talking to each other on the phone before they go to school. And then it's like, well, you're going to see them. You're going to be with them all day. Mm. And then the minute they walk out the school gate, the college gate, it's back on the phones again. Wow. And I've seen it in, in the past with, with you know like if i'm waiting around a train station or an airport or whatever as well three or four of them are probably sitting around a table and they're not talking they're messaging each other you know it's like we've hit a silent age you know there's like there was like the stone age you know the ice age and this, and the other. we've now hit the a silent age where the and the communication is all done mm. via texting whatsapp messenger facetime yeah you know, and it's, it's uh, you know it's like full on Star Trek. You know all these gadgets in Star Trek that you see, you know, yeah. sliding doors, you know, little little screens where you can communicate with each other. You know that's what FaceTime is now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Know, automatic doors and everything. It's I think people are becoming cyborgs now, aren't they? Because basically that that phone is their interface into the big yeah, web. Yeah. So they're yeah. augmented. It, well, they're all about augmented biology. Uh, yeah, like neural implants and stuff. That yeah. sort of thing that you can have. And being able to, in like 50 years' time, 2050 or something, being able to upload your subconscious to a USB stick. That's why I like Black Mirror, man. <laughs> He's got it nailed on. Literally everything he goes, he, the worrying, the, the most terrifying thing is it's not so far removed from reality that it beds that. I, I, can't, I can't watch it anymore. It just makes me feel uncomfortable at the end yeah. of the... You just watch it. And that's... The joy of it, that's what makes it such epic television, is because you sit at the end of it and go, oh, yeah. what was it's that? Happening. Yeah, man. What's going to happen in music then in 10 years as a result of all this cyborg sort of things? Zoom gonna... gigs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's me, me disapproving. <laughs> Eight bit, three frames a second performance. Yeah, yeah. God. Only because it takes a hell of a lot of skill to try and coordinate a band and yeah, yeah. to do that to make sure everybody's in time. Yeah. And, that's, <laughs> in and, that, and that's without internet glitching as well from yeah, the, yeah. your Drop download out. speeds. And, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Are you yeah. going to get involved with that or will you just say, no, fuck off? I don't know. You're already half involved in that, aren't you? You're doing your, yeah, your, your yeah, riff of the day. Yeah, but that's not like live. That you, can, if there's any technical hitch, you can amend for that yeah, or do it again. True, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're doing it by yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but, yeah. The, 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 the song of the the week is 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 remotely done, isn't it? You and your guitarist. It, well, it's just again, it's just at the moment, it's just done by myself. Um, but I mean, it's it's not. It's, I mean, I've got plans with a few people to do some sort of like full electric style songs as opposed to just acoustic stuff, you know, doing it on my own. Um, but it's still a little bit different from a live gig because it's yeah. just like the three of us have just remotely recorded in our own mandens or yeah, sacred yeah. spaces or whatever and then you know just edited it all together will that make the music a bit like 1980s pop music where it's never quite human or will it help um, well I don't, there's the human element of playing the instruments right because i mean it'll all be you know bass drums mm. guitar and vocals done 
you know, properly with that sort of, you know. Well, that's how music's made now anyway. It's all plugged into a computer. So it's it's very similar. He's just done yeah. a video. I mean, a good friend mm. of mine, Ben, he's done these lockdown um, sessions that were picked up by Elton John. He did a song, he did one with uh, his class because he's a music teacher. He did it with his music students and yeah. did that remotely. And somebody picked it up and went, hey, Elton, have you seen this? They're doing a cover of your song. And he loved it and sent him a message and said, well done. All right. So that was, it blew up. He was famous for about 15 minutes getting yeah. calls from... And he'll sue various... him next week. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so that, that was an interesting time. But that's all done remotely. Yeah. He's done it himself. He's recorded all the music parts and then gets the students to sing into their phones or play guitars if they're guitar students. And he pastiches it all together yeah. so that it's in time. And, and just puts them up and he was doing them once a day wow. um, and he you know he was doing that because obviously with lockdown hitting him mm. he didn't get to see his daughter because it, it, his daughter's mom was being cautious didn't want yeah her, you know everybody was afraid of it so what he did is he channeled that angst he channeled that pain that he was feeling by not seeing his daughter into this musical channel mm. and it paid off big time yeah i found it, it what you're saying there with you know channeling his emotion and stuff i found it's it's been really good for my state of mind you know doing stuff like this as well and you know sort of taking on new challenges and learn but like with riff of the day learning stuff that i wouldn't maybe some of it i either haven't played before or didn't learn as a kid or whatever um but then taking on you know new challenges as well and sort of bettering yourself as a musician mm. um i found it's been really good for that um but i mean like go recording it and everything is using stuff that's you know no different to in a you know a studio that you'd go walk into now and you know you'd sit the st i don't know the stones or whoever in front yeah. of and say you know give us your best album <laughs> recording recording stuff is so available now. oh yeah yeah you know and and I, I don't use the word cheap but maybe more affordable than yeah. it ever was you can have a home studio set up for a fraction of the price yeah he says so in front of three boomsticks <laughs> <laughs> three boom mic stands with pop protectors on but that, that's what i mean it's you can do this yourself now before yeah, yeah. it was a very inaccessible area you couldn't just go and record your own music you couldn't you know no providing you know, or not or you couldn't do it to the level of the quality you know you, you, can, you can hit record on your, your, your hi-fi and yeah into a mic. yeah it, I, that, that's how i started and it you know it was great and i i read an article with a with a guitarist that i was really into when i was sort of 14 15 and he said i had two um portable cassette players mm. and i'd record a riff on one yeah, and then play that back and oh. play along to it yeah. onto the other one. So it's almost multi. It's no. like multi-tracking in yeah. the most simplest form. And then I got, you know, a Tascam four track, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I thought, you know, I'm fucking Abbey Road, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. out the Absolutely, way kind yeah. of thing. And um, and now doing it digitally is just like the next step up from that, but sort of in more in line with mm. what's going on in, you know, sort of proper inverted commons proper studios do you think this lockdown will boost musical output as a result over the next six months or will it have handicapped i hope it? so i hope so i really do i've I've noticed particularly on my feet i mean i've got a lot of musicians on my friends on facebook anyway um 
but I've known I've seen a lot of people come out the woodwork with doing videos and you know doing live you yeah. know Facebook Facebook live gigs and stuff yeah. and if that's the I thing I've seen great. people getting paid to do is actually a Facebook live gig yeah, mm. yeah. and I'm like wow that that's you really pay for a key to get in it's it's yeah. all a bit sterile I feel yeah but it's a new way to reach your audience I mean they reckon that the internet usage during lockdown went up exponentially to the point they've got to put in new yeah uh, hardware and to new infrastructure to, to to get it to get it like transatlantic cables and stuff yeah. just to to boost the amount of extra bandwidth that people were using yeah. so i mean people were working from home and being able to yeah. do that and you, I, th I think the next 12 months we'll see collapse in office space you know, rent. Good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I know a lot of people now who have been working from home while lockdown's been in place, and now companies have turned around to them and said, "Would you consider continuing working from home?" And they've pretty much all said, "Yeah." They've gone, mm. "Fuck yeah!" I'm saying three hundred quid a month well, in that's, petrol. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you the know, traffic jams was the biggest thing I I would expect because I hated that. Well, Sarah went to London a few um, days ago for an audition and um, she said it was like a ghost town. Yeah, yeah. The weird, well. weird, this weird feeling, you know, going into major cities and not seeing anyone around. Yeah. I left early. I was like, oh, it's going to be traffic. I'm going to hate it. It's going to get angry. I just drove straight through. It's like, what? It's like yeah. a Sunday morning. That's a bit scary because it's like, well, there's either no shoppers or there's no one going to work. What the hell's yeah. going on here? I like it. Both, I like yeah. it. I think it's it's great. You know, it's... I saw the guy Driving's less stressful. Yeah, because there's less dickheads on the road. Yeah, you know, good. That's, <laughs> that's what I like. Yeah. <laughs> so going forward, then, um, in regards to music, are you you you've saved your relationship, but you're going to be risking it again? Are you now to go? No, back? no. I mean, the thing is, with with Tony, she's our biggest fan. Ah. <laughs> Hates the fact that I'm gigging all the time, but. Loves the music and loves that side of things. So I, I don't think so. I think what it's got to be is we've got to be more inclusive now. Mm. So whereas before I'd piss off at two o'clock in the afternoon, do a gig, yeah, get hammered, come home, we'll do it as a family. Yeah, <laughs> not the get hammered thing. But, <laughs> you know, take the, the girls are a little do bit that hard. at home during school time. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing worse. It's gonna be a, a John Lennon and Yoko Ono <laughs> collaboration on the go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She, she, she will tell Tony you doesn't look like John Lennon. <laughs> she hasn't got a musical bone in her body either. She'll, tell, she'll be the first to tell you. Wow. But no, it's, it's not a case of risking it. It's literally, I said to her at the beginning of the relationship, I said, look, if you ever make it a choice between me and the band, the band's going to win. And a lot of people go, oh, yeah. you can't say that, that's your wife. And I said, well, no, because if she's my wife and she loves me, she Good knows that are. this is such a big part of my life yeah. that she should never make you make that decision that's what sarah's always you know, said and, she, and you know. she, she never has bless her yeah. you know she, she never has she didn't like the odds <laughs> she didn't, like, she'd never <laughs> pushed that boat uh but no it, it's just a case of allowing her i mean a lot of it i think is insecurity based on i'm a front man in a band there's lots of sort attention. of well, there's attention but there's the stories and you hear the horror stories about being yeah. in a band and tony's at home being a mom being a yeah. fucking class a really good mom Thinking, well, that prick's out there gigging, gigging <laughs> with his mates, slagging themselves at him. And yeah, and that's not it. I, I keep trying to explain to her, that ain't how it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, occasionally, yes, it might be like that. And you can guarantee it's a gig she's at. Yes. You can guarantee it's the one she, but she doesn't see you tipping up at a working men's club in Pontefract at five o'clock. 
waiting for the bingo to finish before you go on. Getting looked at weirdly all night. Dingy, say, dingy dressing rooms that what smell the of fuck's piss. going on here? <laughs> yeah. And then driving all the way home, she doesn't say that. Mm. She says, you're out with your mates three nights a weekend. Yeah. And it was only when I stopped and looked at it from her perspective. And it came because when we were split, I was a weekend dad. And I was a weekend dad from Friday. I'd pick him up on a Friday afternoon and drop him back on a Sunday night. And it was then you realise, well, hold on. Because I tried to gig mm. as well at the same time. And it was only then did I say to the guys, I'm not available that week. Or I'm not available that Saturday. Whereas before I'd taken it for granted and booked every gig that we could. Yeah. Based on the fact that... How did the band take that? There. Um, it was initially, it was a, a, a shock. But it was a case of, look, guys, it's it's... It's a necessity. It's a necessity. I've got to free up this time. Um, yeah. And plus the fact, it was more of, my parents were like, fuck you. You know what I mean? <laughs> We've had our kids. Uh, we're not going to sit here and look after yours. When it should yeah. be your time. When it should be your time. Yeah. And plus the fact, they said, look, this is your time. You're missing out on Tony. And I'd get, we'd have the arguments, even though we're together. You're missing out on them on, at this time. And it clicked one night and I went, fuck this. Mm. You know, I'm getting shit from all angles. And I'm not seeing my kids. And then if you've been gigging till two in the morning, you come home and they're bouncing on the bed at eight o'clock in the morning, wanting to go out and do stuff. Yeah. You're not giving them your quality time. Yeah. Anyway, you're not giving them your best version of you. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, okay. And and this year we had one, two gigs before. It was a quiet start of the year. We had two gigs. um, And then lockdown hit. And I think that helped in a way. It helped with our recovery in a relationship, we hadn't got that added burden to, hmm. to add to it. And I think now that we've gotten over a lot of our arguments with each other, I think that moving forward, we've got a good foundation to work from. I've just got to stop being a selfish arsehole, apparently. Okay. But no, no, but I do. I, I am. Does that, does that mean, without offending the rest of the band, that they are? Or do they not have kids and family? Well, do they have? And, and Have they benefited as a result of you... No, no. I mean, Pulling like, the gigs. <laughs> literally, I, I literally went. I ain't gigging that week. No, that week. That week. Yeah. Everybody since then, we've all had a, epiphanies and and oh, everybody's good. gone. Yeah, you know the guitarist got a, a new partner, and it's a case of I'm making time for my family here and, yeah. and holidays get. But we've got a communal gig calendar where we can just go on and go. I'm not available then or not available then that sort of thing so since that organisation came in our drummer Jay, he's, he's very that that's how it is you put it on the calendar or or, or a gig's getting booked okay. and that's sort of, and that's brilliant it's you know so it's just now we're just at a point whereby gigs are going to start again we've got a gig booked on the 30th of August mm-hmm. touch wood I, we don't know it's going to be an outside thing in uh, no so so we'll see how that goes and if it's worth doing it and it yeah. might just take it away and just say look guys there's no fucking point in us doing this until yeah. things mm. change if they ever change you know there's mm. no point we, we get no enjoyment from doing it to 14 people we hated doing gigs to 14 people when yeah. they were allowed to stand next <laughs> to each other yeah. why would you want to do that now by choice yeah, yeah. you know so wow yeah. on the subject of like gigs and going out and getting out there what's the funniest thing you've seen in an event or a gig 
<laughs> I'll let well, you go first because <laughs> I've got one. <laughs> I don't know. I've got. No, I don't know. I've got. Are you hit with a tidal wave of them? I think a lot of the time, particularly on tours, a lot of it manifests from in jokes. Ah, okay. You know, so like things happen when, and it can be one word. Like there was a time in Cardiff on the Magnum tour where we got into the dressing room after the gig and the guitarist, Tony, he just said something as simple as about the lighting guy when he blacks out after a song. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I spent probably close to three hours crying with laughter and I couldn't breathe because I would just imagine him at the desk just passing out. As opposed to, you know, yeah. the, the blacking out is a term, you yeah, know, yeah. the lights go down. He's good at blacking out. And, and <laughs> it was like, you know, at the end of so-and-so when Maz blacks out. And I just, I lost it. <laughs> I lost it. And it was just that one word. Yeah. And I spent three hours trying to gain composure in a dressing room in Cardiff. <laughs> and it was a contagious thing where peop- other people started laughing. Yeah. Because I was laughing so much, other people started laughing with it. Hmm. And it and it's just and it, and now when I look at it, it's like well, it's stupid. It was one word, you know. But at the time, it was the most funniest shit that I'd ever heard in my entire life. Is it the worst thing? Is trying to explain that to somebody? Well, exactly. Watching yeah. him with a blank face, going, "Yeah, yeah, I like you, Pat. Like, yeah, like, yeah, subjective. Yeah, well, no, it is, and it's it is one of those classic things where you had to be there at the time, you know. And it, there's loads of that on the road. And that's a lot of it comes from that, you know, or it could be someone in the audience, you know. Yeah. I used to like that, like going to a factory. I hated the job, but it was it was the dicking about and the banter that actually got me to work on that, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you it. Loved yeah. it. Yeah. So what it's is it? Being a team. Well mine. Yeah. We played a gig in Narbeth in South Wales with Under the Fridge, which is our Chili Peppers tribute band. Ben's played with us yeah, yeah, on yeah. more than one occasion. Oh. Um However, we, I was fully clothed. I was going to say, were you in your pants? We, 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 we went. So me and Ryan, the bass player. There was we a lot of, um, to, to, coin a, to coin a phrase, there was a lot of nail nakedness. Uh, As in completely butt naked, sock? Uh, a or? couple of times, we were just socked up. You socked know, up just okay. being true to the to, to, to the, uh, the vision. But one night we were playing in Narbeth and we, it was hot and it was sweaty. It was the middle of August. And we have a habit of guys just getting the shirts off. Mm. And getting down and dirty in the front row, like, because, you know, it's a Chili's gig, that's what they do, effectively, in their brains. Yeah. And Ryan, the bass player, stopped just before we played the uh, the intro song, and he said, I'm not playing another fucking note until I see some tits. He said, I'm sick of seeing all these fucking <laughs> butt-ass naked men. So we're looking at it going, here we go. Anyway, <laughs> the only woman to step forward... <laughs> She had big, curly, blonde hair. And literally, to say, when she got a breast out, she lifted her top up half an inch <laughs> with no bra on. And the biggest hitch you've ever seen in your life was swinging down by her waist. And me and the guitarist just looked at each other and my guitarist went, fair fucking play. <laughs> and Ryan just went, fuck this, and just slammed into my <laughs> But it was, it was awful. It was it, it, the, the one person in the whole place you didn't want to see topless was the one person... We got to see top. <laughs> You'd look around at each other going, this ain't fucking rock and roll. <laughs> Did you start a trend like a Mexican wave? Or? <laughs> no, no, no. 
Oh. Just rode the wave. <laughs> Incidentally, that yeah. gig was the best rider I've ever had at any gig. We walked in at about three o'clock in the morning. Uh, Just clarify what a rider is for some uh, A rider is um, uh, usually food or drinks or, yes. or, or alcohol or something left Dressing in the room. As opposed to someone on a booking bronco. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, we weren't famous enough to uh, obviously you know, put out what we wanted in our rider. Okay. You know, not like uh, M&M's, but only red ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, eight gallons of red ones. <laughs> No dairy products. <laughs> but um, turns up three blocks of cheese. <laughs> we, we turned up, on, honestly, though, like, we turned up and there were homemade. Like, this, this gig, like, um, promoter's wife was a, like, deli lady. Oh, yeah. So we had, like, brie and cranberry sandwiches and, you know. Oh, the, like a cricketer's lunch. It, it was very much like a cricketer's <laughs> lunch with a slab of carlin, <laughs> but, but, like, bottles of water. This was before, like, gigs started giving you bottles of water. Yeah. It's a necessity now, like a football man. Who was it? Um, right. But... Yeah, the bags of Haribo just being thrown around. These, they said it was honestly the best rider, and there wasn't a single bottle of Jack Daniels there. But that was the oh. single best rider I've ever had. Nice, wow, fantastic! The first rider I ever had, nineteen ninety nine, I think it was, or maybe in two thousand, and it was a twenty four pack of Walker's Crisp, <laughs> <laughs> a twelve, a twelve pack of. Cronenberg Lagers. Was that the varsity? No, no, it was it was um, Westminster University. 12, 12 pack of Cronenberg Lagers in bottles. We a four pack, a four pack of Red Bull, and a eight pack of water. Wow. It was that. It was a gig. He yeah. did get a bottle opener for that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, cruel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got that. No what was his name? <laughs> <laughs> this is Steve. He's the bottle opener. <laughs> Tarquin. Open <laughs> this bottle, boy. I was in. Uh, I went. To, I went shopping a couple of weeks ago, and I was. Um, I went to Pets at Home to get the, uh, the cat food and the cat litter, and uh, I got to the checkout. So in the queue, so socially distancing in the queue. Yeah. Had my mask on, you know, keeping it real and uh, responsible. Yeah. And um, family in front of me sort of looks, you know, regular, regular people. And the one, there's, they got three kids, two sons and a daughter. And the eldest son, he was sort of miles away doing his, you know, sort of away with the fairies kind of thing. Yeah. And come over here, come over here. And he wasn't listening. <laughs> Mum just went, Algernon, you never listen. The <laughs> 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 most. Random name to come out. Were, were you in Astor in Donington at the time? <laughs> I bet you weren't. <laughs> it's, it's like that the Twitter page overheard in Waitrose. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a washing like, up liquid. I was just like, holy shit, what a name. Hanging on. And I got home and I told my wife and she said, Oh well, she, she said, I know. <laughs> no, well, not far off that. She, I got home and I told her, and she said, weirdly, she said there was a family at Attingham Park a couple of days prior to that, and I heard the name Algernon wow. called out. They'd stole so the deal. It must have been. <laughs> yes, they you were. You can't looking... tell with the mask on though. <laughs> they just look like a twelve-year-old boy. <laughs> I thought they were like phone receptors or something. There was five G having his head. Five G sure. antlers. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody oh, good reception, dear. man. <laughs> Razor sharp. Throw him some carrots. <laughs> you could record a whole gig on his phone. <laughs> oh, dear. Algernon. Oh, yeah. Jackie had a middle a name. name. I don't know. Oh, God. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> 
Belgian on Dave Murray. <laughs> I saw a Labrador the other day at Gloucester Services, and I'm sure it was called Tarquin. Really? Which I thought was a bit posh for a Labrador, because Labradors aren't that sort of... What's a random name for a Labrador anyway, yeah. though, isn't it, really? Tarquin. He had really big feet. And I just, I've not seen that in a Labrador that big. Very big feet. <laughs> Tarquin the Bigfooted Labrador. Is this your next uh, segue into children's book writing? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. A short lived career. Um, Any days, like these are the humorous days, but any days you ever wanted to delete? Can I say that? I'll say that again. Are there any days you wanted to delete? Yes, I can say it. Um, at the time, oh, I don't know. In one, in what, in, do you just mean in general? Or? Just erase it 24 hours and then everything would have been a hell of a lot better. Yeah, there's certainly events that I wouldn't mind sort of erasing, you know, whether it's, you know, life choices or decisions based on work or, you know, even down to, what I'd had for breakfast. Delicious <laughs> day. That grapefruit was shit. No, but you know... <laughs> Algernon, this grapefruit's horrible. I started something here. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Um, but at, at the time, you kind of think, yeah, I wouldn't mind sort of erasing that and restarting again. But then you kind of sort of look back on it and you think, well. If it wasn't for that, or if it wasn't for those events or whatever, the would I wouldn't have got to where I am now. Yeah, you know, and I'm very happy where I am now. So I'm kind of sort of, in hindsight, thankful for those. And it's like learning from your mistakes as well. You know, if, yeah. if it's if it's days that you want to delete that you've made mistakes, you know, then it's, you know, learn from the mistakes as well. You know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, spare the moment things. You sort of think, oh. Why can, do that? <laughs> can we put that in a recycle bin? <laughs> so I'm going to be really controversial. Yeah. So if I could delete any day of my life, it would be my wedding day. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> and I'm, then everybody's going, no one did she what fucking day? hate you. <laughs> but it's more of, less of a delete and more of a redo. So going back over and taping over that day, if I could. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, drop in, yeah. Yeah, because... My best man got me really drunk. I say my best man. I'm I'm a grown ass adult, Bad and I got boy. very, <laughs> very, very drunk. Okay. And uh, like to go to bed at four in the morning, and then on the night before my wedding, and Ooh. then going to have a breakfast and having a pint with my breakfast, and then mm. just being blotto. She walked down the aisle and she told she went, "You fucking stink." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So honestly, honestly, I. I Show more respect for my wife by turning up to my wedding sober and doing that whole thing again because I, I I literally let the cold feet get to me t- in such a way and, and there'll be a lot of listeners out there that know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm. Shit, am I making the right decision? Settling down, but, but I, we've been together fucking seven years, so I should have <laughs> that should have yeah, all gone away. Precisely. Um, and, and that's what I said I, I, honestly I, I said look and I, I drove back and I, I obviously uh, I, I told my wife I said I'm going to talk about this tonight <laughs> just to give her the heads up because she'll probably listen hi Tony <laughs> <laughs> um, but honestly I, I would knowing what I know now and knowing how I made her feel mm. I would 
definitely redo that day again and make her feel the way she should have felt as a wife and like, yeah. just show her more respect are you going to do like the american thing of doing a vows day instead or a renewal yeah, yeah, of vows we, we talked about renewing our vows but i think we did that when we were older you know it's literally okay. only four years ago <laughs> yeah so it's like <laughs> reiterating vows how many fucking times are we gonna have to redo our vows because yeah. i'm gonna fuck up again i'm a man i will make mistakes I'm yeah. a human being, so we can't do that every time I make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Running the thousands. It'd be that couple that renew their vows every two years. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bit dodgy when someone's doing that, isn't it? Yeah. Like, is he on his way out? Is she signing something? What's going on? It's the same sort Tax of people. <laughs> no, no, no. It's the same sort of people that have got joint Facebook accounts. Yeah. What the fuck? What? One of them cheated, definitely. So, you know, like D- Dave and Brenda, oh, D- Dave, right. Brenda, like, Murray or whatever, like, is, if they've got a shared Facebook account, either one of them's a technophobe, doesn't know how to use the internet. Yeah, yeah. We all know how to use the internet. Yeah. One of them cheated. Yeah. So that, that that's common knowledge. I've never heard of this. <laughs> no, I've, I've, I don't I've, have I've, any dual shared, shared. Now you go on Facebook and see what I thought that first name was weird as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it never suggests Algernon, Algernon Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a friend suggested to me by Facebook that's involved a. Do they are they both in the same photo? Usually, like thumbs up. Usually, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is blowing my mind. This is just wow. That yeah, might just be a Telford thing, actually. The way well, James is looking yeah. at it, it's like that. Doesn't happen in Shrewsbury, my lad. It's just on the wrong side of the tracks. <laughs> wrong, side of, wrong side of the river, mate. Welcome to Shitsville. <laughs> That's why. You, that's why there's no Algernon other towns are also <laughs> shit. <laughs> God. So I was in Wellington at Pets at Home. So it's this side of. Other oh, pet shops are available. <laughs> <laughs> Spotify are gonna kick us off. <laughs> oh wow! Um, this is all interesting. Anything you want to express or get off your chest at all? Anything you've wanted to? You have a well. You've got a captive audience of two whoever says what, uh, but I can, <laughs> it can be shared with others. Is there anything you've ever wanted to talk about but haven't? Um, no, as you can tell, I talk about pretty much anything yeah. that pops into my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't really have a sensor, do you? A filter? Yeah. I'm going to filter. Okay. Um, imagine <laughs> it's that sensor in Shrewsbury, a filter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a filter. Filter. <laughs> this is this is on herbal tea. Get a few beers in me. Yeah, yeah. Watch all sorts of filter disappear, but gets me in so much trouble. Yeah, yeah. Has it been a practice thing you've developed this filter? No, no. It, it literally disappears. Honestly, I've got so many problem drinking stories that you know, would be here like, I literally I, I, I got to say going back to something you were saying earlier about alcohol and middle aged men and stuff yeah. I uh, I actually went to AA and did a couple of uh, went went to a few meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous what's it like I've always wanted to go it's not what you think I mean it's, it's not yeah first of all you, you sat around a table generally it's not like this American oh. idea of like fold up chairs in, oh. in a circle in a yeah, literally sat around a table. I mean, oh. I went to a couple of meetings. I went to one in Wellington and one in the the, the hospital, because I just was that like off your own, like uh, your yeah, own, own volition. Some, somebody I knew had gone sober, and said it was a life changing decision. And you know, and I looked and thought, turned up to my own wedding drunk. Mm. You know, I, I I've woken up in some states, and I thought maybe I need to 
go and address this. So I, I went to Alcoholics Anonymous and I sat there and, and you know, I did the whole hi, my name's Ben and, you know, and I'm an alcoholic. And I, I felt like an imposter at first because you think, I, am I an alcoholic? I drink a lot. And go back to what Ben was saying. The culture in this country is such mm. that everything revolves around a drink. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Shit, let's go for a pint. Want yeah, a yeah. friend? Let's go for a pint. Shit don't work. Have a drink at home. Yeah. Open a bottle of wine. But, and yeah, and that's not necessarily just a, a guy's thing, is it? You know, uh, women. It's like, do you want to talk? A bottle a of wine. British you know, thing. it's and it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think we as a as a nation and seeing this from someone who travels a lot and you know see a lot experience a lot of different cultures and everything we've got a very unhealthy relationship with booze mm. in this country Seriously. full stop mm. you know and you, you go to you know places like you know well anywhere else really just know. looking at a supermarket and it's just such a great yeah. they have just such a great relationship with drinking that it's not all or nothing do you know what I mean they can have one beer with the, the lunch and that's it you know and then it can go off and are they happy know. more with their lives the Europeans as an example than the Brits because we do they haven't got a Tory government <laughs> <laughs> but I think we do it more for escapism yeah, yeah whereas so. they do it for recreation and as part of a social thing it is very much more a social thing and like a meal in certain countries is a social thing as well where it's not just sit at the table eat as fast as you can and then yeah. go off and Kids on the iPad, drink three that. pints and then go home and go to bed mm. you know it's it's very much an event and like we've got um and one next door neighbors um the guy's portuguese and they're always out in the garden mm. you know at the at the um, bistro set at the you know outside dining set and got barbecues on the go and it's that influence of his homeland you know that he's brought mm. in and it's it's a great you know when the weather's nice it's a great thing to do and i think we do it we sit out or try and sit out as much as we can in our garden but we don't see it with a lot of other neighbors right. and if you do you know, i mean literally i mean a barbecue for us in the band is code for we're gonna get shit based on sunday yeah you know have a couple of burgers trying to soak up the alcohol <laughs> but you're drinking constantly i mean we're the country that invented the jaeger bomb you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean that, yeah. that, that shows you what we do it's like that old thing it's like yeah yeah i'll have a, a jaeger bomb please it's three for a fiver then i'll have 19 yeah. you know and that we we as a country yeah it's so great and i felt it more when i was like right I'm, guys i'm trying to k kick the booze yeah yeah, uh, you fucking. Yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah. then are you coming out for a drink? And I'm like, oh, we're having it. Uh, and gigging. Yeah. And everybody's drinking. Yeah. And I'm like, that. It, it's so hard to distance yourself from it without feeling judged. I mean, yeah. for me, I know. I mean, I did a year or so without drinking going out at a young age, and it was the hardest thing I've ever done. So I get beaten up gigging. every time mentally by your peers. Really? Have a drink. Oh, you're boring bastard. Oh, yeah. You were just talking to me. You were fine until you noticed I wasn't drinking and now you're picking on me. Yeah. See, I've, I've, I, I, I drove from quite a young age. I started, I, I learned oh, yeah. to drive when I was 17 as soon as I could. And wink, I wink. passed my test quite quickly. Okay. Um, so I've always been, and like all of my friends lived on a different side of town to me. So if I wanted to go anywhere, hmm. when I learned to drive and started driving, it was a case of I'd, would drive, have to drive myself. So I sort of had from an early age of playing gigs and stuff, 
I was always driving, so I'm never drinking. So I never experienced it on that well, side was, of it. I was the polar opposite of that. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to try for my driver's license because I'm always pissed. <laughs> so I literally lived, I always lived walking distance from wherever I worked, knowing yeah. that, you know, so if I got a driver's license, I'm going to lose it for drink driving. I, I touch wood, I've never driven drunk, even yeah. now, even, you know, I passed when I was 27. So I'd been a dad before I learned how to drive. Wow, yeah. and, and it got to the point where you need to do this to further your life. You know, you yeah, can't, yeah. you can't go to work. You can't do you, you, the freedom and the, the freedom that I got from driving mm. replaced the getting drunk every day. Yeah. So. I saw a scary sight in a spoons at the weekend. I sat Haven't down for, eh? We all see the scary stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It, there's never a day that goes by, is there? Either uh, side of the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, sat down with a pint. It had just arrived to me. I started drinking it. There were two young ladies opposite. In the time I had my pint arrived, and before I got to the bottom of my glass, they'd had four chasers each and a pitcher each. And they were like 19 or 20 classy wow. i know and that and was only they're, like they're the ones throwing up in the car park yeah that was eight o'clock in the evening and they were just just those two on their own but that's it's the binge drinking culture in this in the it in is the, yeah. it's ingrained and as daft as it sounds it's the, no matter what you do about it it's, it's just gonna get worse and so i mean we're, we're already the highest taxed country in the world on yeah on beer and it's not and, working and, well it's not <laughs> i say that it costs eight pound a pint in norway or that did yeah, 10 yeah. years ago. Norway is just ridiculous. Yeah. But they've got a massive heroin addiction problem. <laughs> it's cheaper. Problem. Yeah, nobody can afford to get drunk because yeah. it's that expensive. Or it's oh. homebrew vodka, mm. which is oh. just <laughs> sends you blind. I passed the Room first shot. test. I didn't go blind. <laughs> uh, so what are you going to do about when your kids start getting the taste for it? Good try question. And, try and teach them from uh, mistakes. Yeah. Did you video the wedding? Yeah, bits of. Yeah, there are videos. Of. You've kept that for them then? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ask your mum. <laughs> but no, we were that bad. I mean, we, we that, back, back to my wedding night, me, yeah. my best man, one of my ushers, and one of our friends, went back to the bridal suite for my wife. Me and my best man opened all the wedding presents, mm. and then I passed out in the bed after drinking half a bottle of champagne. So that this is why I go back to yeah, yeah. it would be two days when you look at it like that. Although then again, I don't remember that, so I probably deleted that. But the, that's yeah. sort of, you know, it's, it's just problem relationship with alcohol. Every, everybody's got one. Yeah, I now don't drink in the week. Yeah. so that that's one thing. Because I, I started a job where I have to get up at half past six in the morning, and you can't do that after a drink. Really, not really. Yeah, you can't go no. start work at half past seven, get up at half past six. Yeah. You soon beat that out of yourself, really. Yeah, you soon grow up and go. In your job, do you see people who are you know as soon as you meet them, there's a miserable bastard because he's not living the life he wants to live. Yeah, a lot of builders. To be fair, wow. I find it in any. Nice I find it in any lifestyle, Is any it? job. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How would you fix them? Would you tell them or would you just leave them be? Um, I don't know. Well, I'm. I, I'm kind of the the one that would leave them be and mm. probably let somebody else <laughs> who's a, probably a bit more anyway. clever than words to, yeah. you know, maybe sort of have a word with them about it. But 
I don't know. I mean, it's difficult. It depends what your working relationship or your personal relationship is with that person as well. Mm. Really, I mean, if you feel that you can talk to them about it or they start opening up to you about stuff, then maybe, you know, you could suggest yeah. certain changes in their life that maybe sort of they can pinpoint to what either makes them miserable or less happy. Yeah. Um, and that, I don't know, It's but it's all down to the individuals involved, really. Cool. Well, it's a man thing, though, isn't it, going back to you saying about people not wanting to talk about their feelings. It's because as blokes, we've got this banter ingrained into us where we take the piss it's out of It's a masculine thing. It's a masculinity thing, and it's, you know, it's sort of that... It's breaking that stigma it's, down, isn't it's it? It's that archaic thing cry. of yeah. caveman kind of mentality as well. Yeah. Really, I think that's how we, a lot of women. I don't talk as much. I don't talk as much as I should do, and I drive my wife crazy for not doing it. But it's just almost like a physical and mental incapability of. Is it because you've been trained to do so, or is it an incapability? I don't know. Not necessarily trained to. I think it's just a, an incapability, and maybe it is that sort of. I don't know. Maybe part of it is that sort of men don't talk as much as women do kind of thing but yeah i don't know women are i mean i don't feel that like i need to prove my masculinity to anyone because you know I'm <laughs> <laughs> easy yeah. well no I'm, I'm very you know i'm i'm fine with who i am kind yeah. of thing you know i don't feel that i need to compete as, i'm a competitive person when it comes to sport and that but that's just through wanting to push myself to do mm. better or be the best or whatever but I wouldn't go, you know, I, I don't like the whole idea of, you know, sitting around tables, arm wrestling, oh, he's stronger than you, he's harder than you, <laughs> and any of that. You know, it's like schoolboy shit, really. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's. Nobody you likes know, but... dicks. No, I. I no. Once <laughs> you've lost a few, you just... <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, it's true, though, you know, and I. You know, I just leave that to other people, you know, if it floats yeah. the boats, then great, but it's, you know, it's not for me. Marvellous. You know, I don't I don't feel I need to prove myself by carrying, you know, the most heaviest weight at the gym or whatever. I carry it around my waist. <laughs> Same here, man. Midlife spread. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of it, but uh, I'm a ve very lazily trying to get ri rid yeah, of it. Trying, yeah. <laughs> um, Furlough spread. <laughs> Before I end off then, um, where do you guys, I know some say, where do you see yourself in three years or five years? But in truthfulness, where do you see yourselves, COVID, whatever, to one side, where do you see yourselves in a year or so or where, what direction are you heading? Ben? <laughs> <laughs> you go first so I can think about it. In fact... I don't think it's going to be, I think for the next 12 months, I think it's going to be very much more of the same right. because where will that it, leave you then? If that's the same uh, happy, I think at the minute, I, you know, I'm one of the lucky ones that hasn't been made redundant. I've got yeah. a job to get up and go to. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. So I think, mm. I think th this year's almost going to get written off in a way. Mm. Um, you imagine like all the sporting events that were booked for this year. We had the Olympics in Japan. We had the, the Euros booked for this year. They're all going to happen next year mm. instead. So it's like, well, this next year, yeah. fingers crossed, is going to feel like this year should have felt. So it's almost like, well, let's forget this year. Yeah. I didn't turn 36 this year. I didn't turn 34. <laughs> I was, you know, I'm still 33, or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But 
I, I honestly think it's going to be more of the same. So, and if that's the case, I'm happy enough because I've still got a job. I've still got a healthy family. I've still got a marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> but that, that, that's what I mean. If I'm in a similar sort of position next year, yeah. three years time, maybe yeah. you know, I want to be further in life. But I, I've hit a... F- I've, I've hit a glass ceiling in what I do really with my job. There's not a lot of places mm. to go further than I am. Which is the great thing with music is there's no glass ceiling, is there? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the sky's the limit. You know, we're, we're yeah. recording, we're recording our own original stuff, and we're doing that in a in the drummer's like home studio at the minute. So that's new, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, we've been playing him for twelve months or more now. It's just now getting time to sit and record them, and now yeah. hopefully they're bedded in. It'll put them under the microscope yeah oh, that's oh, wow. Fantastic. And it, it's nice like that though because it's it's for me i find it's a whole other ball game mm. it's a totally different aspect of playing music than playing live yeah but i like it i never yeah. got when i was a sound engineer i never got around my head around the fact that why aren't bands recording or working on their music on tour well the two don't mix do they you yeah. have to do them two completely separate things. Yeah, I mean, you hear stories of musicians that say, "Oh, we've been you know working on this at Soundcheck or whatever," and ideas can come up and get flourished, you know, or flourish a little bit on the road. But generally, it's all about sleep. It's all a lot of it's all about just in between shows. That's going to be our bomb for tonight, isn't it? <laughs> it's just trying to get as sleep. much sleep, yeah, as possible. We've got to be in the headspace as well. Usually, you find yeah. a touring band. And touring the last album, yeah. They're touring the last album, yeah. While you're touring that album, that's all that's in your mind, you know. You then, once that's done, that's when the new music starts coming in. Mm. Wow. So, where will you be in a year when you've recorded your album? Who knows? Who knows? You know, I mean, I'm in a slightly different situation to Ben, whereas obviously being self employed was my main income. Obviously, all shows have been cancelled. So I'm having to sort of adapt certain things and try and sort of mm. come up with different ways of keeping money coming in. Yeah. Um, you know, in keeping with what I'm doing, which is obviously something that I feel that I'm reasonably good at. Um, so, you know, lessons and that kind of thing, trying to sort of, again, sort of on the same wavelength as Ben with trying to write original stuff as well. Yeah. Um, and obviously I've been doing covers. Um, so I've been putting together a bit of a portfolio that sort of shows me as a performer on my own as opposed to in a band situation, which is what I've always been in the past. Um, but then also trying to, you know, still sort of in keeping with the skills of guitar teching and stuff and trying to sort of maintain that business side of it and getting a few guitars in here and there. Um has been a big help you know and obviously sort of looking you know in 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 the same vein that most other self-employed person Hmm. i'll have been doing with you know looking towards the government for the schemes and what's in place to help and assist us has been you know particularly for us and me personally i you know has been an absolute lifesaver um although to be fair it was the government that killed it in the first place but um yeah i mean you know it's 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 
that's the one sort of silver lining yeah. for me is that it's kind of worked to my advantage. You've got some um, subsidy or funding whilst yeah, you can and work it's, on your and skill. And it's, it's kept us in a place where we've been able to, you know, keep our bills being paid, you know, and sort of keep people off our back for chasing money that, you yeah. know, to live and to stay where we are and keep us as a family unit as well. Mm. So Fantastic. So yeah. as a recap, what have we gained from tonight? Stay away from booze, sleep well. What else was there? How do you know? Blackout is a ridiculous name. Algernon Blackout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and Blackouts as well. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, where do people find uh, your Scarband? What, what website? Uh, we're or called Scarburst. If you search for Scarburst, S K A B U R S T, on Facebook, um, as well as under the fridge, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers tribute band, you'll, you'll find a list of. Or upcoming gigs is about one on there <laughs> so you can August 30th uh, but yeah August 30th fingers crossed in no so okay. we shall see and you Brendan um, well Facebook um, people can search for me Brendan Riley um, I've got a uh, a performance page on there where all my music goes up um, Instagram um, for guitar teching is Don underscore royal underscore brenny i thought you were gonna say don johnson <laughs> um and um for the for the guitar repair side there's also shire guitars ah. um guitars.com hey. has all your guitar quandary answers or sort of uh you know do you still path. sell strings and things like that? I do, yeah, yeah. I've still got uh, strings and picks and a, a small selection of drumsticks. I can order a lot of stuff in as well. For, okay. Uh, drumsticks? How'd you get into that? Sorry, I'm... I'm... <laughs> it's old, old, old musical equipment. M- musical huh? wholesalers, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. fantastic. So, well, I wish you well in uh, surviving and getting through all this and uh, thank you very much. flourishing and, and prospering. Thank well, thank you very much, yes. yes. And, uh, well, Brendan? Ben, Jimin, Algernon, Tarquin. Thank you for coming and uh, podcast Thanks. away. <laughs>